0: Hello there and welcome to Odessa First Assembly's weekly podcast where we bring you the heart of our Sunday message. I'm Tony, your host and the face behind our digital ministry. We're excited to dive into today's sermon, Exploring the Word of God Together. So grab your coffee, find a comfy spot, and let's embark on this journey of faith. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. I can and the envelopes in the pew, uh, pew, chairs, chairs. We hadn't had pews for a little while. So um, you can just place those in the boxes in the back and uh, our missions and all that's taking place, your tithes and offerings. And we are not done. Um, we still will be entering in a, kind of a phase two um, throughout this year uh, to finish some things. We still have to do the hallways and we're going to put in a... Um, A ADA restroom uh, in in the hallway here, and so we have several projects coming up. We've got to replace the. uh, Also, we want to target the outside of the fellowship hall, and so where it doesn't look like an abandoned warehouse over there, and uh, it needs some work. Replace our windows and uh, some work like that. So keep giving, please, and to the your tithes and offerings and to the I Love My Church fund. And so we, and also um, we do have prayer uh, in the morning at six o'clock. And I will be here. I don't care how cold it is. And so, uh, if you can able to do that before you go to work, I'd invite you to join me. We have prayer Tuesday at seven seven p.m., Wednesday at noon, and Saturday at six, and Sundays at eight. And so, what we're going to do next week? Well, the uh, upstairs, because we do have worship practice, so we pray from eight till you know before nine about 845 and there 's worship practice, but um, even if you come early we 'll have the upstairs um, ready for prayer. If you want to spend time prayer up there before service you 're welcome to do that and so all right, if you have your bible's turn to the book of Luke is we 're going to be reading Luke chapter 11. And uh, we're going to read there in just a moment, Luke chapter 11. I want to share a message with you this morning called Power of the Ask. Power of the Ask. And um, this is not really a a passage I recall in all my years of ministry that I've really ever publicly preached on. And so I'm I'm pretty excited about this morning. And so, uh, but Luke chapter 11, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your work, Lord, what you're doing in our life. And once again, we ask today that our hearts would be good soil, ready to receive your word. Lord, we pray that today what we hear from your word, um, that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers, Lord. As we leave this house, we would put it into practice, and we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know when of course you know i refer to it often a lot it was a big part of our life but um you know for a long time you know we were missionaries and uh, and part of uh, missionaries what you do is you raise a budget and you raise funds to be able to accomplish the ministry and so um, you go we go through all kinds of training went through all kinds of training and when we were uh, training to do that, they always talk about the ask because when it comes down to it, you can give your whole vision, your whole heart, your, you know, everything you know that you you want to accomplish and what God's put in your heart. But then when it comes down to it, you have to get to that moment and say, and how much are you willing to partner with us for? And you gotta, you gotta get to that moment of the ask. And it wasn't quite as hard for me as it was others because before I got involved in the church and a the ministry, there was a lot of my jobs, I was in sales-oriented positions. And so doing that ask wasn't quite as difficult, but it's never just simply easy. And I think sometimes we find ourselves that place with the Lord for whatever reason. Is that we really find it difficult to ask Him about the things that we need. One is sometimes maybe we have prayed prayers and they weren't answered, or, or at least we thought they weren't answered, or, or uh, 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 maybe we felt like that God didn't hear our prayers. Whatever the case may be, sometimes we just don't come to the ask. And I think the other problem is, is that we are not wired to wait anymore. We are a pretty impatient culture and society. And I think it's only gotten worse. I, you know, I, I know that uh, with my beard, my beard ages me. I look a lot older than I am, but uh, it's coming off pretty quick. But um, the, uh, I, I was just thinking about a few things growing up as a kid. I remember these things called cameras that had film in them. may remember those? And you would take them. To go get developed and it took some time for that film to be developed. I remember my first introduction into 24 hour photo. Is, it, is anybody with me? And it's like you turn your camera in and in 24 hours you had pictures and then they did one hour photo. It's like what kind of world are we living in now? I mean, I mean, does anybody? I, I, you know, this hadn't been too long ago, but is anybody remember Blockbuster? Does anybody, does anybody remember going to Blockbuster? Yep. Who does? Who has never been inside of a Blockbuster? Uh, there's a few of you in here. Okay, so <laughs> Blockbuster, you're right. You know, we'd go in and we would rent our VHS tapes yep. <laughs> and then our DVDs. And uh, you know, we when we lived in Lubbock, we had one right by our house, and uh, I mean that was like our Friday night thing. That was our family movie night, and we'd go to Blockbuster. The kids were little, you know. Kaylee was probably like about one, and uh, we'd go in there and, and rent movies. And I remember these. remember when Netflix came out, I mean, when Netflix came out, it first was a mail-in and DVD thing. And and then, you know, they're the ones that kind of broke that ground in the streaming. Just those changes were amazing. But, you know, now we have instant messaging. Um, I mean, you know, when me and Angela first started dating, I mean, it was, I didn't even have email. It was, well, I got email because you had email. That's what happened. I It was, it was, uh. Oh, I can't, it's juno.com. I don't remember what my email address was, but that, some of you remember Juno. And, uh, but, you know, we, we wrote letters. And, you know, I just started, you know, you kind of start thinking. I remember as a little kid when we got our first microwave. You know, I remember hearing my dad talk about things about, you know, my dad and my mom both, they, they were born and grew up uh, in, in the early childhood in one-room houses, You know, and no insulation, sleeping porches. I mean, some of you really don't know what that is, but sleeping porches. I remember visiting an aunt that still had her outhouse, didn't even have indoor plumbing. I mean, we have come a long way, (laughs) y'all. But I I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking that, honestly, I'm usually pretty good about this kind of stuff, but I was thinking that microwaves, you know, were invented in the 70s. Did you know the microwave was invented in 1946? I did not know that. Okay, well, that didn't interest you. Okay. But the first microwave that were put, they were put in the galleys of ships and they weighed 750 pounds. The first consumer microwaves that came out cost $5,000. That is amazing to me. When we were in Sri Lanka, I mean, you know, the one thing I I missed, one thing I missed was coffee. Because in Sri Lanka and India, they're like all about instant coffee. I mean, they grow coffee beans, y'all. But instant coffee is a thing, and in India especially, they call it milk coffee. And so, I mean, we'd just be driving along the road. I'd be with Brother Paul. Brother Paul and Helen are in India right now. But I'd be just, we'd be driving on the road, and he's like, I want milk coffee. And we'd just stop somewhere and get some milk coffee. I mean, it's just crazy. Now we have instant potatoes, instant rice, instant pudding. I mean, it really seems like instant is, is everywhere. I mean, the technology involving and voicemail. I mean, we were getting so bad. I mean, I. I remember, I mean when I, when I was really young, we had party lines still where you shared the line with like 10 other people. And you know, you had to sometimes wait for sister so-and-so to quit gossiping so you could get on the telephone. And now somebody sends you a text message and you, they don't, you don't respond in 30 seconds and they get offended. That, that was a little, I'll just move on. If you only knew how many text messages and phone calls I get a day. But I welcome them all. I'll do the best I can. And so I think we have this issue with asking. We have this issue with waiting. And Luke 11 really kind of breaks it apart for us. So Luke 11, chapter chapter 11, verse 5. Yes, I have a passage and a sermon. Luke 11, 5. I want us to read this parable. I want you to remember this term. I'm going to... I'm kind of going to be just, for a second, a Bible, like a teacher, I'm going to tell you something, maybe a term that you've never heard before, but what Luke chapter 11 is, is a contrasting parable. It's a contrasting parable. I'm going to come back to that, and it's going to make sense in just a moment, but Luke chapter 11, verse five, and he said to them, which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Verse seven, and he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his imprudence. He will rise and give him whatever he asks. And I tell you, ask and it will be given, seek and you'll find, knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives, for everyone who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be open. Verse 11. What father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now there is a lot of first century cultural things happening in this parable, in this passage. And so it's for us to really to have understanding. So, you know, just, uh, hopefully you had, if you're, if you're not fasting, hopefully, hopefully you had your caffeine this morning. If you are fasting had caffeine, not, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But I, 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 I need you to kind of get this, to really understand this, of the cultural aspect of what's happening here. So we're, this is happening in a small town in Palestine, And a friend has arrived at a house, unexpected, but it was really, it was, but it was also the the cultural norm to travel at night because they didn't have air conditioned cars back then. And so the days were hot. And so there was a lot of travel that happened during the night. And so there's this friend comes to this house And uh, something else you got to keep in mind is is that hospitality in the Jewish culture, I mean, is really absolutely paramount. And so there is there's actually Jewish laws to hospitality, and there's really two things when we look specifically at this parable. One, the man with a visitor must provide generously generously must provide and number two if he doesn't have it he has to take his friend to a neighbor to try to find what he's asking for and that's two cultural scenarios here and also keep in mind that um, so he's knocking on the door. So keep in mind that you know the Jewish culture in the first century, right? It's hot, it's uh, it's arid, and it was common practice for them to keep their front door open, their windows open during the day, all day long. Everything open. I mean, that's something we really can't do anymore. But everything open, and and really open door really meant that i mean you could go to your neighbor's house and you you just you walk in i mean you make entry and and you receive and the and the friend receives them and i mean just uh uh just a really interesting culture i I, reminded me i was uh uh talking with a methodist pastor one time and he had lived in a parsonage and um And so some people in the church thought since the parsonage they could just have access to the home anytime they wanted. And uh, and they would just like walk in his house. And so he really got tired of it. And so he had a restroom right in front of the front door. And one of the ladies that always did that, he opened the front door, but went and dropped his drawers and sat on the toilet and opened his bathroom door right at the front door. And uh, he said she never did that again. But in their culture, it was to have open doors and, and open windows. And so, but also think of the room. So, so, this guy shows up at your house. He's like, man, I'm hungry. I know, I know it's late. Can I have something to eat? And you're like, man, we ate everything tonight. I mean, we're supposed to not be eating so much during this 21 days, but we, we ate too much. And so, but I know someone not fasting. And so, we're going to go over to their house. And so we see the scripture, right? And so he knocks on his friend's door, but his friend didn't respond at, so kindly, did he? And so because in the Jewish culture, once that door was shut, I mean, it really meant the door was shut because, I mean, they're living really in one-room homes. And if you picture just a, just a room and, and two-thirds of it is a dirt floor, and a third of it is kind of a raised dairy with mats. There's a little kind of a little charcoal fire right in the middle of that raised platform and the entire family is laying on this platform around the campfire. And so, I don't know about you, but I I you know when we were I, you know the kids were young and, and little and, and nap times were a big thing. Um, Angela whether it be a camp or even our house in Lubbock, there was many times she would take you know when the kids finally were taking that nap. She would tape a note to the door, do not knock, you know, leave us alone. And uh, why? Because, you know, somebody knocks on the door and it wakes up the kid, and, you know, that, that's not a very pleasant experience. And so think about this family surrounding this campfire. It's, it's kind of cooler in the evening, they have the campfire going, and somebody, and they all just finally have fallen asleep, and somebody knocks on the door. And then you're like, I don't want to get that door. Why is it our culture that we've got to answer that door? I mean, that's when you really start asking that question. But you've eaten all of your bread, and so you take your friend over, and so the hospitality requirement, remember, is to be cared for lavishly and generously. In Luke 7, so this other, you know, you take your neighbor over there, do not bother me. The door is now shut and the children are in bed I cannot give up anything and I and I, I don't know about you but I know many that wrestle with it's like what's happening here is this the way that God is is this the way that God responds to us? Is, is he annoyed by me asking? I mean, is that what that means? That means if I need God to do something for my life, I've got to hound him and beg him and beg him. And he's like, just leave me alone right now. I'm preoccupied. But see, remember what that word I told you? Do you remember what it was? Those two words, what was it? It was contrasting Parable. And so really what Jesus is saying here is that there may be this man that is asleep with his family and has what you need to bring provision to you. And so here's this man, he's he's annoyed, doesn't want to be bothered, but because you ask, He gives you what you ask. The thought we take away from this, how much more will God do for us? It's not saying that God is like this man that is annoyed and frustrating. What it's saying is God is nothing like this man. And the rest of the passage opens that up to us. So number one is this, God cares for you and your needs. God cares for you and your needs. And I really don't mind, you know, this, I really don't mean to throw my family under the bus, but you know, here recently, right? Maybe some of you've heard, you know, over Christmas, our Christmas present to the kids is, uh, At first we were gonna go skiing. We couldn't find any good snow anywhere. So we go to Fiesta, Texas in San Antonio. So that was our kid's Christmas present. And so while we were there, I mean, actually, we already checked out of the hotel, but our van got broken into, shattered the window, broken into, and all three of our kids' backpacks got stolen. That included computers and iPads and MacBooks and AirPods and and irreplaceable things, journals and and Bibles written in and, and, and things of that nature. And it, I mean, it. That's a gut punch. I mean, that's difficult to deal with. And so, and then we have to make this tr- our trip home from San Antonio with a busted out window, and um, and of course me. If you know me very well, I don't like injustice, and so I'm working with the police and I'm trying to track these people down because we can track them. And Angel's like, stop, don't. And it's like, well, there's a reason why I have a carry license, and so. I, I mean, you, if you know me, you know what I'm doing with this, right? And so, and, and I meet this, I pull up this random business and it was so much fun. I was this random business and it, with the whole situation. Anyway, he helped me tape up the window and it was a great guy and, and, uh, but we did, we didn't end up recovering anything and we decided to come home. But as we're coming home, we're praying. And, um, uh, as we're praying, you know, we just kind of want each one to pray and, And they really found it really hard. And the reason they found it really hard is they're like, does God really care about my MacBook? I'm going to tell you, God really does. He really does. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, I mentioned it earlier, catch all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God is not Distant. God is not aloof. God is not too busy. God is not ignoring you. God is not hiding. God cares about what you're going through. God cares about your broken heart. God cares about how you feel. God cares about your broken window and stolen stuff. God cares. God cares. The Bible says in Psalm six nine, the Lord has heard my plea; He accepts my prayer. Psalm eighteen six, in my distress. In my, everybody say distress, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. I called to God, for I cried for help, and He heard my voice and it reached His ears. I sought the Lord. He answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. God cares. God cares about the cancer. God cares about the, the heart failures. God cares about the clogged arteries. God cares about the bill that's coming in next week. God cares. He cares. I remember I was young. It was, before I was, it, was way, it was before I met Angela. And it's out of the blue. I'm like 21, 22. And I started getting warts all over my fingers. All over my fingers. I mean, it was I just out of, just out of nowhere. Just, and, and, um, and so I was doing all that I could. I really didn't have the money to go to the doctor. And so you know, I was trying all the, I had two really big ones on each thumb. And I was trying all the compound W stuff, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and nothing really seemed to be working. But I work in a grocery store. And so you guys, so I'm, I've been trying to treat these things. I got band aids on them, and they're looking really gross. And I go in and I reach into a box. And when I reach in that box, that wart hits the side of that box and rips that ward out from the root. And I just have this big, you talking about, yeah, that hurt. That hurt. And so I, I went on break, doctored up, you know, <laughs> collected myself, went back out, started doing in, working in, stalking. And with my, because I'm favoring this hand now. So i reach in with the other hand and I hit that one and does the same exact thing. This is with like an hour of each other. And then I have a, I'm have like, Lord, when I ask for healing, this is not what I was asking for. I, I think there's a better way to do this. But I still had them all over my fingers. And they were really bad. And, and I did. I went in that break room and I said, God, I said, I, 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 I believe you can heal my fingers. And not by knocking them off, by me reaching into a box. I think you can, I believe you can do it. No, I didn't have it. I wasn't seeing my at the time. I was like, no, no girlfriend's going to want to hold my hand. I mean, that's really kind of what I'm thinking about. And so anyway, I go about my day, and, and I really don't think about it again. And, and I, I, matter of fact, I think I went a couple of days, and one day I'm at work, and I, I'm, I'm stalking, and I, I, I put up something on the shelf, and as I put it up, I just kind of look at my hand. I look at my other hand. And I probably had about 20 warts on all my fingers, and every single one of them was gone. I want to tell you, God cares. God cares. He hears you. It goes on to say Luke 11, 8. Just follow, I'm going to have to jump really quick here. Luke eleven eight. 8, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he's a friend, yet because of impudence he will rise and give you him whatever he needs. And that word, the different translations use different words there. But I really like how the Amplified says it, because the Amplified really breaks that word down for us. And so I want to read it out of the Amplified. And it says, I tell you, although he will not get up and supply him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his shameless persistence. And that's the meaning of that word, shameless persistence persistence and insistence he'll get up and give him as much as he needs and so listen to me you need to go to God consistently and boldly consistently and boldly there is a a, kind of an arithmetic that makes up prayer uh, Um, Hopefully, me talking math doesn't turn you off to prayer, but there is kind of a little bit of a formula, and one is, is we come to God in hope. You don't have to come to God like he's about to pull out a stick and just look at you and say, no, that's not who he is. We come with confident expectation that God is going to do exactly what it is that he promised, and that he's going to keep into his faithfulness remember scripture tells us that even when we are faithless he is what he is faithful and so we come to him in hope knowing that he cares and that he loves and that he wants to provide for you we also come to God in faith I mean faith starts in believing God's character that he is who he says he is and and that's where faith really starts is you believing what God has said about himself in his word, what God has said about himself in his promises and that he will do exactly what he says he will do. And so like Hebrews 11 one says, right, we take faith and we take hope and we bring it together. And it's the best tag team match there is. And so we come to God consistently. So, so with hope, with faith, constantly, we come to God humbly, we come to God surrender. And that's really the foundation that makes up prayer. And so how does boldness and, and, and humility, how does that partner together? I think we, we, we have a hard time, I think, sometimes in our, our Christian terminology, the way that we understand boldness And humility. I mean, I'm always reminded, you know, there's there's a book in the Bible called Exodus. The man that wrote the book of Exodus is a man by the name of Moses. Anybody heard of that guy? So there's Moses that wrote Exodus, and there is a verse in Exodus where it is written that Moses is the most humble man on the earth. Some of you are catching it. Now, the Holy Spirit's an author of Scripture. I mean, we have an inside joke in our family. Well, you're going to have to just read my book on humility and how I obtained it. But we really, we really don't understand boldness and humility sometimes. Listen, I, I think a great example is Abraham. When Abraham, you know, he's, he's, you know he has a visitation and with these, these godly messengers, that have come to tell him that they're about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, where his nephew Lot is. And so Abraham, is fast, Abraham begins this intercession with the Lord, this request. and he's, he's like, I, "I know that I'm being bold." And he's, really, he's saying, "Please forgive me." But just, that's where we see this boldness and humility come together. He said, Lord, if there's 50 righteous, would you spare them? And the messenger says, yeah, if there's 50 righteous, I'll do that. Well, wait, wait a minute, Lord. If, if there's 45, would you? And he said, yeah, if there's, if there's 45, I'll, I'll do that. And he, he praised that several, several times. Listen, come to God boldly. Hebrews 4.16. I want to read this also in Amplified. Hebrews, we're familiar with Hebrews 4.16 let us then fearlessly, right? And most of our translations, it may say like, you know, with confidence, draw near to God. The Amplified, let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. Let us come, listen, what God has done on the inside of you, you do not have to come to him like a a whooped puppy, Right? You come with humility and knowing that He's the God of the universe, that He is all powerful, that He is all knowing. And yet, with confidence, why? Because you know what God has promised you. Come on, somebody, that was good. James 4 2 3. This has a lot of, we would we perceive this as a negative connotation, but there's something I want to draw out. James 4, 2 and 3. You desire what you do not have, so you murder. Right? We're, we're trying to get what we want by means of the flesh. You covet, you cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. But I want it my way, Lord. But then he says simply, You do not have because you do not ask. And verse 3 is critical. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. You ask in a selfish way that's to do with your passions. But when you come to the Lord and you come to the Lord, that's the importance of constantly and consistently, is when you come to the Lord, something begins to happen in you. Have you ever? Had to pray for somebody. I know I have. Okay, so I'll just make it personal. I have had, I I have prayed for people this way sometimes. Lord, you knew how so-and-so was so so annoying. And I just really need you to do something in them. Nobody's ever prayed that way? Okay. (laughs) I have. Lord, you. You know how belligerent and hard headed and you know and just go on that complaining session. And I'll get up Tuesday, Lord, this this okay, this is this has got to end, Lord. You gotta do something in their life. And you wake up Wednesday, okay, Lord, they, they annoyed me even more yesterday. <laughs> you know, and so you you pray and then come around next week, Monday, and I begin to pray, I'm like, you know what, Lord, I if there's anything broken in their life, would, would you heal them? Whoa, whoa, where did that come from? Why? Because this, God will change either the situation or he'll change you. And that's why we constantly, consistently, and, and boldly, we come to him and give our needs to him. God will change the situation or change you. God will align you. When we come consistently to that throne room, God will align you with this purpose. God will align you with this purpose. And so, so many times we pray and it's kind of a vain thing. We're praying because we don't want to fail. We're like, Lord, would you bless this? I'm, I'm preaching really good right now. Right, and it really has more to do with us than him. But the more we consistently come into his presence, and the more he shapes us and works in us, we find ourselves aligned with his purpose. I want to move on this very quickly. Luke chapter eleven, verse nine. I tell you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock. And it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks will be open. I, I don't want to get too much into this, but really what we're seeing, okay, so we, we've gone from this contrasting parable, right? Of this, you know, the bread and asking a neighbor for bread and him being annoyed about it, but him still doing it because you ask persistently and shamelessly. But it's saying, okay, God is not this way. God is this way. Would you ask so I can answer? Would would you seek so I can help you find it? Would you keep knocking on that door because I'm the God that opens the doors? Because, see, that's what a father does. When this happened in San Antonio, I think the thing that really devastated me the most was like, if I would have had my way, I would have taken all my kids to Best Buy that night and said, here's your stuff back. But I couldn't do that. And that that was difficult for me. Why? Because a father's heart wants to give. You need to hear this a father's heart wants to give and so many times we we may have had negative experiences and negative relationship with earthly fathers and we project that to the father but I'm going to tell you and and listen I I love my dad I love my earthly father but he is nothing like the heavenly father I try to give a healthy perspective to my own kids what a healthy father is but I can't be anything to them like the heavenly father can be to them And it is his heart's desire to give. And when you seek, you find. And when you knock, he opens the doors. And so you know what God did just that for our 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 kids. Shaylee lost lost uh, her her AirPods Pro, and uh, I mean things that you know, you know, some things that are, are replaceable in her MacBook. And, and when the next week, somebody reached out there and said, hey, I heard about what's going on. I've got this MacBook. It's brand new. Hers was five years old. I got this MacBook that's brand new. And these AirPod Pros that are brand new, not using them, do you want them? Somebody, Chase lost his MacBook Air and and an iPad. The iPad he bought himself, and I think that even broke my heart more. His his MacBook Air was what we give our kids for graduation, and that's what we gave to him. And, I mean, that was probably harder on me than it was him. But he lost his iPad that he's trying to pay for school, and he bought this iPad with his own money. And somebody stepped up and said, hey, whatever, what, what do you need? I don't want you to go back to school and somebody stepped up and, and bought him a, a, a very nice, I mean, brand, brand new iPad. And, and somebody stepped up and said, hey, we know your kids lost your Bibles. We want to replace all their Bibles. And for me to see my kids' reaction, how God cared, it's amazing. The third thing is this, is that the greatest motivator to pray is the Holy Spirit, The greatest motivator to to pray is the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, we see this model, right? See, we didn't read the part where he models. If you read Luke chapter 11, the beginning of it, he models the prayer just like the Lord's prayer in Matthew. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be And so he says that again. And so he models it, and then he teaches them on prayer, And so he gives this contrasting parable about prayer, and then he gets to this point and he says, okay, so now here is the power on how to pray. And so scripture tells us things like, right, pray in the spirit. We read in Ephesians 16, pray in the spirit at all times. Listen, if you feel like your prayer life is lacking, you need the Holy Spirit to stir something up on the inside of you. Listen, the really engaged God and the prayer that we need to be having with Him that communication happen, it's not gonna happen just out of my discipline and willpower. I need the Spirit of God working on the inside of me. And it says, praying at all times, all times with prayer and supplication. And so we're praying in the spirit. We can pray in our weakness. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do that, right? Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that even though we don't know how to pray in our weakness, in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit helps us. So man, there's those times, man, you've poured out your guts, what it feels like an hour, but it's only been like five minutes. The Holy Spirit can help you keep praying. Strengthen yourself in prayer. Jude 120. Building yourselves up in the most holy faith by what? By praying in the Spirit. By praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you something I believe and in I I don't want to go to the scripture right now, but Paul talks about how we can sing with our mind and we can sing in the spirit. We can pray with our mind with understanding and we can pray in the spirit. I think you can pray in the spirit by using the heavenly gift of tongues. And I think you can pray in the spirit by using English. The key is, is to be walking in the spirit, And I'm kind of going to park there for just a minute because next week, that's what I'm going to preach about. I'm going to talk about next Sunday is how the Holy Spirit partners with us in prayer. But the reality is this is that we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our heart and our life. And He will empower you, He will guide you, He will lead you how to pray. And so I don't know what your image of God has been. Has there been things I've prayed for that I feel like I desperately needed breakthrough and desperately needed, and they didn't happen? Absolutely. But some place in that, in that where I should have some spiritual maturity and realize maybe God didn't answer. Maybe God didn't do it that way because he's got something better. Right? He's got a better way. I mean, we could cue the song Garth Brooks and answer prayers right now, right? And we got to remember that God, he, it is true, he, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. But the more we come to him, this partnership creates. or something, you know, me and Chase, we spent some time just praying last week together and fasting together. And it's had lots of great conversation, really discipleship moments. And something I don't I think I've said in a while, but it's kind of we started talking about, I said, Chase what you gotta remember is when you're coming to the throne room and the Holy Spirit's working on the inside of you, you come to a place in life. You come to a place of spiritual maturity when the Holy Spirit's working on the inside of you, that what seems like a spontaneous action to you is the perfect will of God. And what I mean by that is this is that we are that in tune. Why? Because he has molded us and shaped us. And so we consistently and constantly, we we cultivate that relationship we have with the Lord. We go through all those steps that I talked about last week, about how to pray and having that communication. But what I want you to know this morning is, is that whatever your need is, ask. Well, I asked yesterday, Pastor, We'll ask again. I've been asking for a week. We'll ask for a week more. And why that delay happens all the time, I don't know. But I have to trust in the providence of God for my life. Why? Because no one wants better for me than him. God wants better for you than what the better you want for you. And so we just come in hope. We come in faith. We come consistently, constantly. We come humble. We come boldly. We come standing on the promises of God. I want to ask you to stand this morning, if you would. And I, I don't fully know what your need may be this morning, but that's what this morning we're going to do. The Bible says that we make our requests known to the Lord, that we come to Him in prayer and supplication. Remember, we talked about supplication last week, that those prayer points that we have of where we need God to do something in our life. And I mean, there's so much about prayer that could be taught and, and preached on about the if-then statements, if we do this, God will do this. But here's what I do know. It's God's will to bring healing to your body and life. It's not something that you got to pray. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspirational messages. Connect with us on social media at OdessaFirstAG. And if you'd like to support our ministry, visit OdessaFirstAssembly.com forward slash giving. Until next time, stay blessed.